BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hey, if you haven't heard about WebmasterRadio.fm's mobile app for iPhone and Android, you got to listen up. This is amazing. You can now get not just CEO Coach, but every Webmaster Radio show on your mobile device. Go to iTunes to download or the Android app stores. You can listen to WebmasterRadio.fm on our new mobile app. Hope to see you there. Please welcome your CEO coach. WebmasterRadio.fm presents a show custom built to give you everything you need to build your business on the web. From funding to finances, set up to staffing, the CEO coach will break down the art of business development from the ground up by one of the experts of online business growth, management, and development. Now, here to get you started is your CEO coach, Jillian Music. And good morning and welcome to CEO Coach. This is Jillian Music with Tolis Demopoulos today. Uh, Tolis is an attorney who works with a lot of startup companies here in Seattle, Washington. I'm delighted to have you with us. Thanks for joining us, Tolis. Thank you for, uh, for having me on the show today, Jillian. Excellent. Uh, I'm going to ask you to give us a little introduction about yourself. Tell us about your background and how did you get into serving startups and uh, about your company that does that? So uh, I have a wide and varied background. Uh, first and foremost, I'm an engineer. Um, and after that, I took a little sideways path through law school. Um, and uh, following that, I actually went off and got an MBA with a concentration in finance. Uh, just for good measure, uh, between the three degrees, it's what I call the hat trick. And uh, the reason I did that is I wanted to have a, a, a wide knowledge base from which I can uh, better serve clients. So, And actually, the, the way I arrived at serving uh, and working with startups and entrepreneurs is perhaps a little bit of a long story, but the bottom line is my father was an entrepreneur, and it's always been a goal of mine to start my own business. And so with goals, I know that you don't quite ever achieve them unless you, you make them as concrete as possible. So my goal was to start my own business by the age of 35. I was a little bit late, but uh, I finally got to it. And so I launched my business uh, approximately three years ago um, and focusing primarily on startups. The reason being I could bring all my skills and background to bear to uh, help early stage companies and entrepreneurs be successful. All right. And so now you've started a company called Sophos Law, correct? Sophos Law, that is right. 
Okay. And you're located in Seattle. Uh, do you serve customers only in the Seattle area or all around the nation? I have clients all over the country, believe it or not. I have clients in Florida. I have clients in California. I have clients in Texas and Colorado, all over the country. The nature of the work uh, that, that we do at my firm is such that we can provide a lot of different services to people all over the country. All of our clients are primarily startups or emerging growth companies, and so there are various stages of, of development, uh, and they have different needs. Um, some of them are local in nature, uh, but a lot of them are federal in nature. Uh, so we can help them, for instance, with trademarks, uh, with employment issues, with contracts, with, um, you know, all sorts of issues, basically, that, that an early stage company or an entrepreneur would face. So for that reason, we can serve people all over the country. Makes good sense. So if, does Sophos Law focus now exclusively <clears throat> excuse me, on startups, or does it have another focus? I mean, basically, what's your current target market, and how do you see that changing or morphing over time? So unlike um, some of our colleagues in other firms, in other firms, uh, small, medium, large firms, our model is a little bit different. Um, you'll see and read about firms having uh, technical subject matter expertise. Like, for instance, they'll handle a whole uh, M&A transactions or f- uh, financings or something like this. We're mostly focused on specific types of clients, and that is um, startups So, and the entrepreneurs and the founders that, that start them. So we're what we call T people, um, uh, the letter T in that we are wide and broad across the spectrum of subject matter, such mm-hmm. as employment and contracts and IP and fundraising and corporate affairs and things like that. And we're deep, the stem of that T is a particular industry or a particular client type, and that's startups. Um, so we like working with the early stage uh, teams to help them scale and grow their businesses. That makes good sense. Over the next 10 to 15 years, do you see the company growing as the companies you serve grow? Or do you think they will graduate to perhaps other firms and you will continue to focus on the earliest stage? So ultimately, our goal is to help our clients, quote unquote, graduate if they will. And that graduation is is to graduate to uh, most likely an in-house lawyer. We'd like a lot of our clients to, to IPO, to go public. Uh, if that is part of their goal and part of their mission, we'd like to support them in doing that. So we anticipate at that stage handing off the reins, if you will, to a full-time in-house uh, lawyer with whom, of course, we can continue working with. But at that point, a company can scale its in-house legal department to take care of its needs. Now, the other side of this is, is um, companies that perhaps grow and want to remain private. Well, we can continue serving those for a very, very long time. Um, my most recent experience is working at a 75-person firm as an in-house lawyer, as their general counsel, if you will. Uh, but I've also worked in large uh, corporations around the area. Um, I don't want to name drop, but Expedia and Coinstar and Wamu and, and a number of other large corporations. So I know what it's like to to set up large corporate legal functions and how to serve as an attorney in those large corporate legal functions. So I'm also in a position to help those companies scale up to that to that model, if you will. Right. So you don't just then focus on these very early stage startups. You'll take them right through to IPO. So, so it, 
Yeah, absolutely. So our goal is to to serve the full life cycle, if at all possible, up until that point of exit, whatever that point of exit may be. It might be an IPO, it might be a sale or liquidation, at which point the founders or the entrepreneurs will will recycle, if you will. Because entrepreneurship is is kind of like a virus, right? It doesn't go away, it comes back. And so I think entrepreneurs will, once they get a flavor for it, and, and do well, or perhaps not even do well, they'll come back again and do it over again. So we'd like to be available to serve them throughout the course of their growth as individuals and their careers and their companies. Um, but we'd like to start with the companies uh, as early as possible, follow them up and through whatever stage they get to, and then return uh, back to the beginning and repeat it. So it's, it's a circle. It's a circle of life, if you will, for startups. Absolutely. And serial entrepreneurship is a well-known disease. So that's, that kind of brings me to my next question here. Um, you can bring them through to something like a sale or IPO, and that's great. And we would like to work, of course, as young entrepreneurs or new in business entrepreneurs, we want to work with someone who can take us all the way. What should we be looking for? What does a startup look for in uh, attorney services? So not everybody listening here will be able to call you and use you, although that's great and so on. But the question is, do we really need a, an attorney to set up something as simple as a sole proprietorship or an LLC? I know that here in Washington State, for example... You can do that online in 20 minutes. At what point do we call an attorney and where do you begin? So a couple of points there. So first of all, in terms of the services and the breadth and depth of services available online, I absolutely, I I love the fact that, that entrepreneurs and founders can go online and get tons of information. I think that's great. I mean, that is one of our missions in, in what we do. We want to educate entrepreneurs to become better CEOs at, at the end of the day. We want them to be able to grow and scale with their businesses, right? Because the better they are, the better their businesses will be at the end of the line. So we want to do that. That being said, there's a reason why things online are online. Well, yeah, I'm just talking about being able to go to the state of Washington website Certainly. and file Certainly. my papers, right? Uh, do I call an attorney in advance and say, is that the right form, you know, formula for me? Or, I mean, how do, at what point do I call an attorney? You know, I, I don't sure, sure. really uh, have a good sense of that. Sure, absolutely. So for, for th- if you're going to be a, uh, a sole proprietor, you don't really need an attorney to engage with you at that point, although it does make good sense to talk with somebody and say, what's my exposure? What are my risks? And we tend to do a ton of that. We do that free. We, we run uh, twice monthly office hours uh, to make those types of uh, meetings and counselings available to people for free so they know what they're getting into before they get into it. That's the first thing. The second thing is if you're going to formalize your company, let's say through an LLC, sure, you can go to the Washington State uh, website, fill in a form and send it in. But there's some gotchas in the form. Okay, they kind of follow, they, You have to follow their template. And you may not know how to fill in that form. That's where our office hours may help you as well. And we regularly visit with people and speak with people that we send away. We say, you know, you really don't need our services. Here's what you need to do. Go to the website, fill in this form exactly like this, and you'll be good to go. And when you get to the next stage, let us know. Now, what is that next stage? I think it makes a ton of sense to talk to a lawyer 
when there are multiple parties involved. And when I mean multiple parties, I mean multiple founders. So that particular instance, you might be dealing with a lot of uh, different intellectual property interests in a startup. So there could be code, there could be trademarks, could be domains, and different people are bringing different things to the table. I think it makes good sense to work with a lawyer at that point, uh, basically an objective third party that will bring everybody's interests together and make sure what everybody has, basically. What are you bringing? What do I have? What's my percent ownership? That's the piece of the puzzle that I believe uh, startups quite frequently overlook until it's too late, and then there's a dispute, and then the idea is lost because nobody wants to let anybody else go forward with it. So in that particular instance where you have multiple co-founders, I think you should talk to an attorney. That's the first thing. Um, the I'll second, take, yes, oh, we're going to take a break here at uh, CEO Coach Dulles. When we come back, um, we'll continue with a list of what to do about when to first contact an attorney and under what conditions. This is Jillian Music with Tolis Demopoulos. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. More on how to build your business on the web with the CEO Coach right after this. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Rise links and web indexes. Take a bow to the largest link map in the world. Majestic SEO. Majestic SEO wields its virtual sort with speed and accuracy to deliver detailed reports of your company's link data and that of your competition. Let Majestic SEO make you your own king of Internet marketers and join the crusade of clients and agencies that have chosen the noble choice for link intelligence. MajesticSEO.com Maximize ROI to use your time and let Majestic wield its mighty sword. MajesticSEO.com It's good to be king. We're back with Jelly and Music, the CEO coach, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. 
and welcome back to CEO Coach. Thanks for being with us, Tolas. We're talking about when folks should call an attorney, and you're saying, well, if it's a simple sole proprietorship, that's fine. You can either stop by your place at something you called office hours, and I do want you to tell us a little bit more about office hours. When does it take place and where, and how do people, at least in this region, uh, get a hold of you? But uh, in addition, I'd like you to tell us how... um, you know, who should be getting a hold of you in terms of uh, formulating companies? And you said when you have more than one founder. So let's start there. Yes, absolutely. So uh, as we were saying, so more than one founder, uh, oftentimes disputes may arise during the course of the early stages of a startup. Talking with an attorney to formalize the relationship between founders makes sense. And it is well worth the time and effort. The second part of that uh, equation. That would be kind of setting good fences, making good neighbors. Absolutely. What's the next? What I say, uh, what I call it is, is uh, uh, basically uh, good, good business makes good friends. Excellent. Even when, when you're working with a, with a brother or a cousin or a friend it always makes good sense to say, okay, here are the boundaries. This is how we are going to work together. And that makes for preserving the relationship down the line, which is the most important thing that I think a, a, a startup team has is those relationships, the people involved. The second thing to think about in, in when to engage an attorney is when you're going to be dealing with customers. And what I mean is, when you're going to start selling products or services to the general public or a business or something like that, you're starting to take on increased risk. At that point, it makes sense to talk to an attorney and say, what's my exposure? What are my risks? What do I need to do to make sure that if something unexpectedly goes south, that I'm protected, that my family's protected, that our assets are protected, that my co-founders are protected? So those two instances are the time to uh, uh, talk with an attorney. Excellent. All right. So once we establish that, uh, I guess what is the breadth of stuff that we should be looking for from attorneys? If we want to say, is this person going to be suitable for me for a period of time, what do I want them to know about? Certainly we would want them to know about uh, you know, organizing a business and, and filing the right kinds of uh, you know, uh, forms of business. That would make sense. They should be able to counsel us as you can. The second one perhaps would be about IP, intellectual property issues. That's good. Um, I guess contracts. What else am I looking for? I'm kind of in the dark here. Sure. So I think in picking an attorney to work with early on, You want to pick somebody who has been through what you're going through tons of times, hundreds of times. And there are lots and lots of attorneys out there. We all know this. They're all over the place, right? Small firms, solos, big firms, that sort of thing. At the end of the day, you want to work with somebody that knows startups, that knows early stage companies. And what early stage companies go through at various parts and times of their life cycle. So early on, you're going to be dealing with formation issues and organization issues. For instance, how do founders work with each other? What's their percent ownership interest? Do they have vesting schedules? What happens if somebody needs to depart or has some life-changing event that happens? So that's, that's early. At that point, you sort of graduate up as you start looking to sell to customers. Well, how do I work to customers? What are my risks there? What contracts do I need to put in place? How do I protect myself? 
From there, perhaps you start scaling up. You start looking at employees and how to bring on employees and additional contractors and additional resources. You start looking at potentially financing events. How do I finance my business to scale it faster? Do I borrow? Do I bring in investors? What are the relationships there? How do I protect what I've built so far and still be a good business partner? So this is just a a range of issues that you deal with. And I think if you're going to be working with an attorney, they should know startups. They should know each of these phases and be able to support you through. And also, quite honestly, they should know what they're not good at and be able to say, you know what? I'm not deep in this area. But I know what this should look like, and I know who you need to work with. Let me put you in touch with that expert. Let's manage that resource according to your budget. Let's get this done to move the business forward. Okay. So when you and I first met, uh, we were talking specifically about the stage of a business where they say, all right, I'm going to bring in some money now, and they go out and try to get funding. Uh, That's usually fairly early in startups today. They move you know, pretty quickly to uh, begin with an idea and then go out for funding, first angel and VCs and so on. At the point where a young company is working with a venture capitalist, uh, they tend to want you to use very large law firms. They are comfortable with the idea. Sometimes they even insist on it and so on. These create, if you will, complexities, I think, for the small business. Certainly when I was doing this the first time, in my own company, I found that working with the law firm that was, if you will, prescribed by the venture capitalist, while they were efficient, I always had in mind that perhaps they weren't really working for me. We did not have the same law firm, and this was a very honorable venture capitalist, and the law firm was working for me. It was fine, but it was somehow beyond me. I needed somebody in between. Let's talk about that process of how you get funded, and how you work with attorneys. Who's right? Who's wrong? Sure. So at the end of the day, really what we are and what we do and what our focus is, is to provide outsourced or outside general counsel services. Basically, how we behave is as an in-house lawyer would, as a general counsel would, the only thing is you're not buying our full-time services. You're buying a sliver and sharing this amongst our entire client base, if you will. What that means is we don't represent investors. We don't represent VCs, basically. We only represent startups, early-stage companies, and emerging growth companies. That's it. So if I'm told by my VC or super angel even, they want one of those big boy law firms to be representing me, do I also need you. Absolutely. What they're asking for, uh, in that case, what the VCs are asking for is for a particular firm to handle the transaction. The relationship, though, between the company and their existing lawyer does not change and does not need to be severed. You have your GC as you would if they were your in-house member of your staff. The reason to maintain the relationship, first and foremost, is these people know you, right? We formed you. We know where you were. We know where you are. We have an intimate understanding of every aspect of your business, first and foremost. And secondly, we have your best interests in mind. Our entire interest in what you're doing are perfectly aligned with yours. Whether you do this transaction, this one-off financing or not, 
really, at the end of the day, does not impact our relationship with, with an entrepreneur or founder team, right? So we have that longevity. We have that history. Our goal is to be around after the transaction is done is, and to continue helping the, the, uh, the startup succeed and go on to the next transaction. So we work with outside lawyers who are quote-unquote specialists and can mm-hmm. handle that one-off transaction. They'll do the transaction. We'll manage that resource according to a budget, taking that task off a of CEO's plate, right? We will actually manage that outside lawyer if we need to and coordinate accordingly. And oftentimes, by the way, people hear that and they're like, uh, wow, that, that's two lawyers. It has to be expensive. Actually, no, it doesn't have to be expensive because we know how to work with those lawyers. We know how those transactions work and we know how to structure them in such a way so as to save you money. And at the end of the day, it's a better transaction. And you know, you have somebody in your corner who's telling you all the things that that outside law firm is not. And that's for Frank, what, yes. <laughs> that's the hot piece, right? And that's the hot tip I think I'm sharing today with our listeners. When you have such a transaction, even though this larger law firm is also going to work for you, that's great. It costs a fortune to have them explain in plain English what the legalese says on the contract so you really get it. It's a fantastic thing to have somebody, if you will, that you already have a relationship with whom you can trust to look through all that stuff and 90,000 pages later they say to you, all right, here are the seven things that you'll want to change. Absolutely. Absolutely. That makes sense. We're uh, going to be right back here at CEO Coach with Tolis Demopoulos. Thank you so much for being with us. This is Jillian Music at CEO Coach. Stay tuned. More on how to build your business on the web with the CEO Coach right after this. Oh yeah, my day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend... Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Let's go inside the WebmasterRadio.fm production studio, where the production team is stitching up podcasts to load up into the WebmasterRadio.fm Stitcher channel. Rock on, Laurie, and rock the world with LinkedIn. Welcome to Domain Masters, a show where you learn to be the master of your domain. Yeah, I want to welcome you to this edition of the SEO Rockstars. Hi, this is Bennett Kelly, and you're listening to the Cyber Law and Business Report. And welcome to CEO Coach. Listen to all of your favorite WebmasterRadio.fm podcasts without downloading. Only on the WebmasterRadio.fm Stitcher channel. Just click on the Stitcher banner on our website. We're back with Jelly and Music, the CEO Coach. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. 
And welcome back as we wrap up CEO Coach with Tolis Demopoulos, CEO of Sophos Law. Actually, is that right? Are you the CEO or a partner there? Um, how does that work? Well, we're small. We're not hung up on the titles, just like many of our clients. But I'd like to fancy myself the managing attorney, if you will. <laughs> yeah, kind of like a managing partner. There okay. you go. So I think we've, we've shared some pretty intense information here for people who are at the stage where they're about to be talking to VCs or perhaps are already in talks with uh, super angels and VCs and are being guided to major law firms. Why it is that you want to have one guy in your court who stays with you before, during, and after and can save you a fortune, not just in the cost of doing the transaction, but in understanding what it is you're about to sign. Okay, so as we wrap up here, can you share some serious hot tips with folks who are just setting up a company for the first time? As a startup attorney, what are the things that you see us all stumbling on all the time? So one of the biggies, and I have two really big things, and and they occur at different times. So early stage, when you're starting your company, you will hear people pushing you towards an LLC, 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 LLC. Accountants love LLC. And frankly, the reason for that is LLCs require a little more active oversight and management, especially of the finances, than a corporation would. And so it makes a ton of sense for some of these early stage providers to push you in that direction. People seem to think that LLCs are easy to set up. They're quick. Absolutely, they are quick and easy to set up. The problem is with the organizational aspects, the back end, especially as we talked earlier, where you have multiple co-founders, right? So an LLC does require an LLC operating agreement to make sure that everybody's on the same page. That's the piece that most startup founders forget or leave out entirely. No LLC operating agreement. What winds up happening is two years down the line, somebody wants to invest in you and nobody knows who owns what piece of the LLC anymore. And at that point, you have to spend a ton of money to go back and clean up those financial and accounting records to establish that. So number one, if you're going to set up an LLC, know that it isn't actually as inexpensive as you think it is. And frankly, a corporation is going to be much less expensive. There is going to be less rework that you have to do down the line, especially if you're going for VC funding. Excellent. So the second hot tip I would say comes a little bit later, and that is when you're looking for early stage money. You want to make sure when you are going out to talk to angel investors, whether they're they're professional, quote-unquote professional angel investors or not, you want to use your paper. And what do I mean by your paper? I mean you want to arrive with your own term sheet and be prepared to draft your own financing documents. And the reason for that is you want to negotiate off of your forms, your starting point. If not, the VC or angel will give you their version of it, and I can guarantee you it will be much, much, much harder for you to get the terms that you want in a financing. So you want to start with your paper. So you want to work with your attorney. You want to put the terms in place. You want to talk about what those terms are. You want to want, talk about where you wind up, wind up, prepare those documents, present them to your, your uh, uh, investors, your pro- prospective investors, and then be prepared to negotiate from there. Fantastic. I really appreciate that. And for those who are looking at funding offers now, uh, if they've already received them on somebody else's papers, what's the first thing we should be looking for in those kinds of documents? 
Wow. It depends on the nature of the of the financing. I mean, most early stage financings are going to be convertible notes. And the big hot button term in a convertible note financing is the cap. And we can probably spend a whole show just talking about what a cap is. But basically what investors are looking for is if at a later stage you get VC dollars for in, in a Series A, for example – Will there be a cap at which I will convert? If there isn't a cap, meaning if there isn't a limit at which that financing uh, uh, may exceed, the early stage investors' uh, investment may be washed out. So they want to cap that. So you want to look at that number pretty closely and make sure that you are not handing uh, too much of the company off without in, you know, inadvertently knowing it. So that's a good time to talk to your lawyer and say, you know, what's typical? What do early stage companies get? Does this number make sense? Do we even want to do this with this investor? Yes. Excellent. And I would be delighted to do an entire show in which we define everything from um, capping and uh, convertible notes and the process of creating them and so on. So it's been a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you so much for sharing what you do know. Tell me, tell us, how do we get to these things you called, was it office hours or something, in which you give information to early stage startups for anybody, I suppose, in the Puget Sound area? So there's a bunch of different ways. We are digitally connected everywhere. So if you want to look me up on Twitter, I'm at at Tolis Demopolis. And I know that's a tough one to spell. So T-O-L-I-S-D-I-M-O-P-O-U-L-O-S. That's one way. I post my office hours on my Twitter handle, the other way is to go directly to the site, and it's at ohours.org forward slash Tolis once again, and I post my office hours there, usually twice a month, and they're absolutely free. Just reserve a 30-minute slot, and you can come and chat with me for, for or about anything you want. Thank you so much for being with us today, Tolis. It was a great pleasure. We're going to post this information on the CEO Coach podcast page on Facebook. So again, that's facebook.com slash CEO Coach podcast with no spaces. We'll give you the information about how to reach Tolis and uh, get a hold of his office hours. You can download these shows through webmasterradio.fm and through iTunes. We'll be back next week. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.